This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shut up and sit down. Morning skate is over. The Penguins are getting set to play tonight. Tim Benz with you. Breakfast with Benz on the Fans First Network. Pleased to be joined by Seth Rorba. Seth is, of course, our beat writer at Trib Live who covers the Pens. He joins us once a week. For our weekly hockey podcast, and we are brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. We build decks year-round, and booking into 2024 right now, spring and summer, take advantage of their current winter special, the $1,000 off your new deck. If it's installed by March 1st of this year, go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Seth, nothing big at morning skate in advance of the Penguins game against Florida. Is that what I understand? Nothing uh, of urgency in terms of injury, in terms of lineup, anything of that effect? And uh, Nothing is particular. Um, minor curiosity, John Ludwig and um, Riley Smith each skated in a contact capacity, although there, there's never contact really in a, in a optional morning skate. But uh, – um, that's certainly maybe one small step in the right direction for each of those guys coming back from injury. Uh, John Ludwig is actually eligible to return the lineup on Saturday. I don't know that's going to happen, but uh, um, that's the only thing I would uh, qualify as quote unquote news out of the morning scape. When Riley Smith comes back, wh- whenever that might be, do you think they'll have an adjusted view of him or how they want to use him uh, as opposed to what they thought when they first brought him here and put him on a line with Malkin and it looked good initially? No, I mean, I have to imagine, barring anything unforeseen, I mean, he'll get slotted right back onto the second line there with Evgeny Malkin. Um, that's why he was brought here. Um, you know, and it showed a lot of, you know, success in the first, what, 10, 12 games of the season. Um, then it just, you know, ground to a halt, uh, you know, for the, over the next two months, so his injury notwithstanding. So um, I, I, I don't know that an injury is ever good, but you know maybe it can be the proverbial reset point for him to come back and maybe reestablish the chemistry he had with Evgeny Malkin in the first month of the season or so. But um, no, I, I, I just just given I guess in general some of their limited options that they have. I mean, I, you know, Drew O'Connor's been okay, and Valtteri Pustin has shown some things, but I don't know that they necessarily have like an overwhelming uh, other option that they would turn to and say, yes, this guy has to be Evgeny Malkin's left winger. Um, uh, you know, Riley Smith was brought here for a reason, and I think uh, they're going to go with him uh, again, barring anything I've seen here. Uh, whenever he is back in the lineup, and you know, plug him right back there on the second line there with Evgeny Malkin. 
What did you make of the blown lead uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights, and what did you make of some of the general sloppiness against the Arizona Coyotes? The game in Vegas, you know, based on what I've heard, you know, it seemed like it was just uh, uh, the players themselves thought, yeah, hey, we had a really good uh, first two periods, then we had a, a bad third period. And, um, and that's fine, but, I mean, games are 60 minutes in regulation. Uh, you need to, uh, um, you know, you know, you know, offer a complete effort throughout throughout the whole entire game if you want to have success. So um, I, I don't know that the Penguins have a hit, necessarily have a habit of losing games that way. They have a habit of losing games in every single kind of way you can imagine. So, um, uh, you know, I've been admitting, you know, to their point, though, um, you know, they did play good for 40 minutes. It just uh, um, that final, you know, uh, 20 minutes just was, was bad for them. And, um, hey, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights and every other team, you know, those guys are on salary too. So, I mean, you, you have to kind of, you know, be on your on on point here. Uh, whenever, uh, even if you do have a two goal lead going into the third period. And as far as Arizona goes, that drop pass, that gaff off of Malkin's stick from Latang. I mean, that just felt like, uh, for as bad as it was as an individual moment, it, it also felt like it was kind of emblematic of how things have gone this year, where they just can't get out of their own way. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's inexcusable. It doesn't matter if you're a future Hall of Famer or like. You know, Genie Malkin and maybe Crystal Tang. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, the bottom of the lineup guy. It doesn't matter if you're in the American League or the ECHL. Um, that's just inexcusable, and um, you know, that's uh, for better or worse. That's always going to be a moment that's affixed to those guys. Um, and not that they were playing great in that game, uh, uh, but I mean that was an opportunity to, to tie the game, make a comeback of their own, and um, it just killed everything. I mean, it just uh, killed any momentum that they probably had uh, going into that power play or. or they had a power play coming up. It was a delayed mm-hmm. penalty situation, but um, it just, uh, it's, um, I, I don't want to get over dramatic here and say it's one of the lowest points in, your, in the history of the organization. I mean, this is a team that's been bankrupt two or three times uh, and, you know, if, uh, you know, endured, you know, the Mike Bullard era of the 83, 84 and the Rico Fada era of uh, 03, 04. But um, th- that was, uh, that had to be, I would dare say maybe one of the, 10, 15 most embarrassing just individual moments in franchise history. I mean, that's just, it's just inexcusable on every single level. How do you think Mike Bullard and Rico Fata feel about having their names associated with those eras? I mean, what was the one stat? <laughs> I think Mike Bullard, uh, that one season, 83, 84, he had 50 goals and none of them were a game winner. <laughs> that, that's like one of the most amazing statistics I think ever in the history of the franchise or in hockey history. Just, you can score that many goals and none of them are a game winner. I mean, Enrico <laughs> Fada would have, as far as him, I mean, just having 25 goals and you know, none being a game winner would have been a career high for him. But um, yeah, Mike Bullard's uh, 50 with no game winners to me is uh, a really special stat. Seth Rorba with us covers the pens at Trib Live. Seth on TSN, I don't know if you saw this, but there was sort of, a chat show or whatever. I don't know their programming lineup all that well, but the conversation became, would Sidney Crosby ever play for another team after he leaves the Penguins? And would he essentially go off and become a skating version of Tom Brady? And at least one of the opinions that was given was that not only should that happen, he should ask to do it because the Penguins are cooked, they're not going anywhere. Um, he should ask out and try to chase cups with another team. Do you think he'd ever do that? 
Um, I have my doubts. Uh, I mean, as far as the validity of that show, I mean, I, as far as I know, that's no one that really has any kind of particular, you know, uh, insight onto Sidney Crosby's doings or the Pittsburgh Penguins doings or anyone else in the NHL. So, um, I, you know, I'm going to be brief in terms of just, uh, um, validating any kind of, uh, you know, gravity that this person might command, but um, I mean, this this seems to pop up every so often. I remember a couple of years ago, you know, Sidney Crosby might go to the Colorado Avalanche. Why, you know, Sidney Crosby should want to go to the Montreal Canadiens. And um, it just, it just, I guess, words out there uh, they're floating around without any kind of actual validity to them. But um, and I'm guessing maybe in three or four years we might have to, you know, deal with another rumor about that. So, um, hey, I mean, I mean, anything's possible. It's so cliche to say, hey, Wayne Gretzky was traded in, in the sport and everything like that, but. Um, I just don't see Sidney Crosby ever really. Uh, first off, he's just really adverse to change. I mean, for better or worse, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't even like you know having different line mates, let alone you know different teams. I, so, um, I, I just don't see him wanting to to upset you know his own apple cart in that sense. And uh, now, if things turn sour here, uh, you know who knows? I mean, you know, maybe you know something could go sour with any kind of relationship he might have with Fenway Sports Group, but. Um, Fenway Sports Group seems uh, very keen on keeping him here as long as possible, uh, making sure his career ends here because, uh, frankly, it's a business decision. It's not even necessarily a, a decision as far as being a competitive team. It's a matter of selling tickets. As long as Sidney Crosby is a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're going to be selling tickets and making revenue and you know generating revenue off you know the new uh, Sportsnet Pittsburgh. So um, I, I think. Just from a financial standpoint, Fenway Sports Group has every reason to want to keep Sidney Crosby in uniform, even if he's a lesser player going into his 40s. Um, he is as much a brand of the team as you know the jerseys or the colors or the logo. So, um, you know, Sidney Crosby wanting to leave again. I, again, I just don't see it uh, happening with him, just based on how he, you know behaves i guess in terms of his preferences and uh, just uh, being very adverse to change so um yeah you know, talk of this about Sidney crosby wanting to leave it seems like it crops up every so often from an outlet or from a person who just doesn't necessarily have much insight to the penguins or the or crosby himself but um, um i just don't see it happening uh, it, again barring anything very very unforeseen it was brian hayes who said it but part of what he said was it's up to Kyle Dubas to blow it up. He needs to take one for the team and address it himself, was exactly what he said. And I don't know how you address any of that by yourself, himself, when everybody has a no-movement clause. Like It's it's always got to be about the players, too, signing off on whatever deals are being made here, right? Yeah. Um, it's not impossible, but it does slow down the process, I would say. I mean, I, mean, I think, like for instance, Eric Carlson, I think the San Jose Sharks would have figured out somewhere to send him well before, you know, early August uh, this past off season, if he didn't have, you know, contract control. So, I mean, it was also, you know, he had a $13 million cap hit or wherever it was uh, that had kind of divvied up a little bit, but um, no trade clauses do slow down that process. They don't make it impossible though. You can still move players uh, um, if you can work it out with them and their agents and, you know, find them a spot to, to go somewhere. So um, as far as any kind of rebuild goes for the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, um, that doesn't happen unless Sidney Crosby is no longer on the roster. Um, you, you, when you rebuild, you strip it, everything out. Um, and right now, you know, you know, as long as Sidney Crosby is a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins, I mean, they're going to try to be competitive in the immediate sense, for better or worse. And 
Um, you know, you can retool and you can, you know, uh, you know, spruce some things up. And, and, and hey, the Penguins did that this past offseason, so obviously limited success so far. But um, as far as a full-out rebuild, um, um, that just won't happen as, well, as long as Sidney Crosby's playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins. How about their two opponents coming up and then this break that happens afterwards? they got the Panthers tonight, then Montreal, and then they don't play again till the 6th? Yeah, as far as the Florida Panthers go, I mean, it's uh, they're a very good team. Uh, they're a very deep team. I, I watched the game the other night against the, the um, Arizona Coyotes. And, you know, the Coyotes aren't all that great, but, um, you know, the Panthers bopped them pretty good. I think it was a 6-2 score, and they got scoring from just about every segment of their lineup. And um, it's, it's a team that uh, maybe it's easy to say, oh, you know, they, they should be another Stanley Cup contender since they went to the Cup final last year. But, um you know, they're getting production. They're getting contributions from all four lines. And, you know, just you know, most of their defensemen. Uh, uh, Sergey Bobrovsky's playing pretty well for them. So uh, it's a very well constructed team. Uh, as far as uh, how they'll match up against the Penguins, I mean, I, I you know, I would dare say the Penguins are kind of maybe kind of looking up at them. Uh, I mean, I, that's not a suggestion. That's all right fact, just based on the standings. But um, it's a very good team and. Uh, if they provide they stay healthy, they'll be uh, a, a force once again in the playoffs just based on their depth. As far as the Montreal Canadiens, that is a rebuild. I mean, it's been going, going here for maybe a few too many years than people from Montreal would like to see. But um, always a very tough uh, competitive group, especially under Marty St. Louis. Don't, what they lack in talent, they don't uh, you know miss in terms of being competitive. Uh, one of their better players, Brandon Gallagher, is probably going to be out of the lineup after he uh, – a really, really cheap shot at Alan Pellick of the New York Islanders last night uh, on Thursday night. So uh, he's looking at suspension here. So, uh, I mean, that's, uh, I guess, one advantage for the Penguins is one of Montreal's better players is out of the lineup. But, um, again, not a very talented team, but uh, always a very competitive team. The Penguins, even in recent years, uh, um, as the Montreal Canadiens have embarked on this rebuild, have had trouble with that team. So um, it's so cliche to say there's no easy games in the NHL, but uh, – uh, neither of these two games are going to be easy for the Penguins, regardless of how how talented uh, both squads are. Seth, thanks. Appreciate it. We'll catch up again, uh, if not next week during the break, then uh, the following week thereafter. Sounds good, Tim. Take care, man. All right, Seth Rorba covers the Pens for us at Trib Live. It's our Breakfast of the Pens weekly hockey podcast, and it's brought to you by Gerger Construction. Get your free estimate at gergerconstruction.com.